Hey guys, and welcome back to Maddie Costanzo's podcast. We're going to kick off the year with my first special guests, and they're obviously my best mates too, so I'm heaps excited for this. Um, before this podcast started, Tom rode a bike through my house, so if that's anything to go by, this podcast is going to be a fun one. But um, I'll let the boys introduce themselves. So, Tommy, you want to go first? Who are you? What do you do? And yeah, give us some info. Um, thanks for having us, Mads. Um, just... 30-year-old male, <laughs> personal trainer, um, been doing it for 13 years, had my own business, um, worked in different industries along the way, like, uh, sorry, little segments of the industry. But um, yeah, nowadays I mainly specialise in um, very successful business clients, business owners, um, athletes, and then, yeah, mainly just a few gen pop as well. So, but yeah, boxing, surfing training, bit of footy training, and predominantly weight training is my kind of specialty. And um, yeah, just like having a crack at Pretty much every sport. I've got too many hobbies. Way too many hobbies. I love it. you got to try everything. Um, just a, And just a little bit of my uh, personal opinion on Tommy is he, you know, whenever he's talking, like, shut up and listen if you're in the car, wherever you are. This goes for both of them. But, like, Tommy is not just a trainer. Like, he's taught me so much um, about everything in life. So, yeah, have your pen and paper ready. But, um, James, how are you, mate? Hello, mate. Is this your first podcast? This is my first appearance on a microphone in a talking capacity. Uh, it's quite nice. Thank you for having us. Yeah, he told us he has a nice that voice. Way so. so nervous. Yeah. <laughs> I am shaking like a leaf. Uh, guys, uh, so James is my name. I uh, met these guys start of last year. I uh, got the job at One Fitness, and so I've been coaching for a year. Prior to that, I studied <coughs> nutrition at UOW, uh, and I've had a lifelong passion for health and fitness, uh, which has led to me now, now coaching lots of people um, and yeah, understanding the business side of a gym as well as the ins and outs of getting people to become their healthier version of themselves. Love it. So I reckon we're all very similar, but also very, very, very different. So I think this is going to be good to get our opinions um, on everything. But we're going to jump straight into it. So I put this uh, out onto the Instagram um, and a few people came back with some some questions to, to start this podcast off. So we're going to jump straight into it. So the first question, um, and you guys can fight over who answers it first, is... What helped you to find your grounded morals of life um, that have stayed with you and, like, motivate you? I thought that was an epic question. And it was from, like, a 14-year-old, so it's pretty mm. sick that they're thinking like that already, you know. Take it away, Tom. <laughs> you got no answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, find it, I've, I, a lot of what I come up with is by re- I've read so many, so many books um, to help me shape who I am um, over the years. And the way I'll answer this question would be two ways. Either A, what I've always wanted to be remembered by what people say behind my back when I'm not there. So um, Tom was a hard worker. Tom was a good father. Tom was a good friend um, when I'm not there. And another way of saying that would be um, when you, if you were to be at your own funeral, what would people say about you? Tom was this, Tom was that. That's kind of like in, in like my North Star of like kind of how I try, you know, everyone stuffs up. I won't swear too much, um, but um, but just trying to like every day, trying to you know stick to those morals. So those are some of mine: to be a good person, to be a good father in eight weeks, um, to be a hard worker, and to be nice to people. Like they're kind of mine. So yeah, either what people say um, behind your back when you're not there about you, um, or the people you care about. That is, um, or what people would say at your funeral. So that's kind of how I um, I guess judge or go off what my morals are and how do I stick to them? It's hard work. Just 
always trying um, yeah. uh, self-evaluation of yourself to see where you're at and honesty with yourself. That would probably be mine. They're really good points. Um, what struck me with that, Tom, was that whole concept of how people are left after their experience of your interaction with them. Uh, and that's something that my parents actually taught me growing up was the measure of a person is not what you know, what they, how much money they got or how athletic they are or some attribute that in a way is quite, you know, <coughs> self, um, you know, almost like a trophy aspect of them. It's how you leave someone after they've interacted with you. Do they feel better to have interacted with you or not? Um, and if you constantly go through life with that focus, like am I giving this person quality time? Am I giving them my attention? All of these things, I think, allow us to keep our moral compass in check. Um, but in terms of like where my morality came from, I think I was lucky to have a you know, really, really supportive family um, who allowed me to live, I guess, my passion. Um, I had a bit of an interesting trajectory to get to this point where I, I did well at school, got into uni without much of an idea of what my future would involve, so I just picked law because I could and it seemed important. I uh, didn't quite enjoy that university degree. It led to a little bit of a downward spiral, but that support from my family allowed me to redirect, um, follow a passion, um, which for me at the time was nutrition. So I then studied that, and, and from that, I was, you know, I, I guess, able to better represent who I am at my core, and now pass that on to clients. So I think in order to get your morals in the first place, you've got to spend time with yourself, find out what's important to you. Um, and then from there, trust that investing in that is the right decision. Um, and from that place of then embodying that, you can then provide to the world your gifts and from that represent, you know, a strong sense of ethics, core beliefs, and then, yeah, it's, mm. it's the world's better off from it. Yeah, I lo- and I love that. Like we, and this is something that I love about the human brain, I say this a lot, is like, we can all read the same sentence or we can all be given the same set of rules, but everyone's going to take it just that little bit different. And I think that's really cool. And I think that's where um, Tab was coming from with like this question is she was like, you know, what gives us our, you know, morals and values and what's stuck with us. And like you said, it's just all those life experiences, you know, like if you asked us 10, 20 years ago, we would have had completely different views to, to what we have now. Um, you know, and then I know even in the last five years since meeting Tommy and then now meeting you, James and, and court and stuff like, my morals and like values, they changed a little bit, you know, and you kind of narrow down. Like you probably start with like a massive range going like, I want to be good at this, this and this. I want to represent this, this and this. And then it's like, now you've gone and got your core and you just like maybe have four or five that you're like, these are my like non-negotiables as we say. And you're like, you stick by them. Um, Something I wanted to throw in there too, because um, Tab was like asking like, what motivates you or like what gives you that drive to, you know, be who you are or do um what you do and like me and tab spoke a little bit obviously after this like i wanted more context um and she said like a quote or a belief or something that you got told that's kind of stuck with you and um i had a light bulb moment so i wanted to share it with everyone is um you know football was like my passion growing up and obviously that was like my world a lot you know my parents obviously shaped me perfectly as well because i'm amazing (laughs) (laughs) you are buddy no but um you know my parents (laughs) My um my parents weren't always there, so it was actually my coaches, you know, that shaped me a lot, or your, your physios or whatever. And this one thing that stuck by me is, you know, when you're trying to make these these teams, um, 
it's how valuable you are and that's what like Tom was saying like what value can you give to someone what you were saying like what value can you give to your clients and some a little advice I'd want to give to people is like that's that stuck with me is like if I can keep learning and growing as a person I can then give more value to other people Mm. um and it was in that context on the football field was like Mads if you could play more than one position on the football field then you become more valuable to the team and you're going to be more likely to be selected for like the state or whatever it is so I want you guys to think about that listening is like how can you keep growing and learning and that's what the boys are saying is like they're what shape our morals and our values but you know then we can become more valuable to other people so then you know we grow and stuff like that but that was just my little input with that question just something a bit different um but yeah so then the next question uh is what's one thing that you learned in 2022 that you will bring into 2023 well it was a big year Massive. Uh, massive year. Uh, for me, being the start of a new career, um, I feel like it was nothing but learning. Um, and I guess that in itself was quite empowering for me. That, that sense of uh, starting at the beginning and almost like wrapping a white belt around your forehead for the entirety of the year, coming into something without uh, preconceptions of knowing it, mm-hmm. having studied at a university level, but then putting myself in the issues, all I did was listen to Tom, listen to you, Maddie, listen to Court, listen to everyone that had insights, absorb as much of it as I could, and then from that standpoint, grow. Um, I think that's a huge uh, – I, I think it's a good way to live your life because it's almost like putting your ego in your back pocket because I think mm. ego has a place. Um, competitive sport is – it's very important to go in there with your shoulders back thinking you're king because that allows you to then – Um, dominate in the way that you want it's a strong mindset but from a learning standpoint I think it's very important to be a sponge so that that was something that I really focused on last year and and I was lucky enough to have wonderful role models like the both of you to share your wisdom because I and and there's people around you all the time with wisdom so you just got to I think dig for it and and be receptive when it's there yeah I like that like literally learning to to be open to to everything and um yeah, no matter how old you are or young you are, like you can always learn something. Like you never should stop learning. I think that's awesome. Yeah. What about you, Tommy? Um, mine's very different, the opposite. Mine's um, everything James has said I would have done in the past and last year I've learnt that you can't burn the candle at every end. Uh, what I mean by that is um, I think most years, year on year, I have a better year. And last year, personally... I felt like I didn't have much growth, um, didn't challenge myself enough, rested on my morals from years before. Um, but it's a great lesson. It's not a sad lesson. It's not a bad lesson. It's, it's, um, it's just the fact that it was a lesson and then carrying over into this year, um, like we are talking about on the previous question, I've had a lot of honest conversations with myself um, of how to be, and this is the thing, like it's just to my standards. I'm holding myself to my standards. No one should hold themselves to my standards. Um, they're pretty intense sometimes, but um, just to have that honest conversation with myself and and analyse where I went wrong, what did I do too much of, um, how do I be the best person, it gets pretty tough, those convos, and um, then I set some pretty strict rules around what I can do, what I can't do, what time i got to get up, what time i got to go to sleep, what do I do on the weekend, blah, 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 how to, how to be more disciplined. And then so far... Um, I've mapped out the whole year basically for myself. Um, 
2023 so far has been amazing. Only, what are we, 17 days in, stuck to it like perfectly. Um, it means nothing yet. Talk is cheap. So, but um, the plan is all there. And um, yeah, just realizing going back to those old ways of um, what was working, you know, when I was a bit hungrier, younger, um, more excited, going back to those ways. And um, it's definitely a lot of happiness in there for me starting this year off yeah. with strict discipline. Yeah. Um, Quick question that I know probably a couple of people are thinking about now is like, so those tough conversations <coughs> that you need to have with yourself and those yep. hard questions and stuff, do you have a notepad that has those questions in it that you revert back to and keep questioning those things? Or do you have just like when you're on a run, do you have that conversation with yourself? Like when are you having these conversations and yep. like how are you actually like navigating through that to find the answers? So when am I doing it is in my downtime. That's why I don't boo people that do news resolutions because no one's making news resolutions, <laughs> new goals in December when you're holding on for dear life. Yeah. So when I had that time off um, from December, like Chrissy Day to the new year, that's when I spent time with myself. And I just, the, how did I answer the questions? I didn't necessarily write them down. You know them in your head. It's more the opposite of like, what do I look like when I'm operating optimally? What does that look like? All mm-hmm. right, well, that means no alcohol. What does that look like? Um, what, what do I find really hard to do? Ice bars running. Sweet. I'm going to do ice bars and run every fucking day. So that's kind of like reverse engineer it. So what's the hardest? All right, let's do that. What do I suck at? Let's do that. All right. Why do I do that? Because it creates discipline and it's allows me to be my best. Am I writing it down? No. Could you? Yes. Everyone's different. I, I wrote it down like what I wanted. I didn't write down what I was doing right and wrong because I already know that in my head. Um, but yeah, definitely wrote down what I what I need to do. I bought a um, Excel. I sent it to you actually. Yep. I bought an Excel spreadsheet. It was seven bucks, and it's like all the daily habits to do, weekly habits, and um, it's just a visual thing that I'm because um, people listening. This is a great one. I used to write on a whiteboard, and then I would not visit it enough, and I'd be, have implement eight new things, and I'd be like, I haven't done any of them. I forgot about it, or I've done two really well. So now I've got them in my phone, in my laptop, and Every two days, I'll just open it and go, I'm slacking on Sudokus and yeah. um, reading a book. I'm nailing ice bars, running, swimming, you know what I mean? So then mm-hmm. that that visualisation of actually, like you said, yeah. writing it down um, is what I do, yeah. Yeah, and I think that, and that's something that we, we talk about a lot and I talk about with my athletes a lot is like, if it's visible, you're going to know about it. If you put it somewhere where you can't see it, you're going to forget about it and then how are you going to ever achieve it? So the other good little tips that I do, um, you know, you kids listening especially, you literally have your phones in your hand 24-7. Why don't you make your, your goals or what you, you want to do as your wallpaper, you know? Mm-hmm. Stuff like that, like little people, like little things that people don't think about, um, you know, just have it in front of you, have it on your your fridge, if it's like, if you're all in the car now as a family, like why don't mum, dad, you know, kids, all of you write down your goals and stick them on the fridge together, you know, then that way you're keeping each other accountable. But you're also, it's like that visible thing that you're talking about. It's like having it in front of you. And if people struggle to um, look, a trick I do is I set an alarm every night at 7pm and it, it's bloody annoying, but it tells me to look at my goals. <laughs> goals yeah. And I just go to my laptop, even if I'm eating dinner, and I quickly go, yep, done that, done that, not having done that, go do that. Yeah. Like that's how simple it can be it's every night, 7 p.m. Yeah. Awesome. And it's that habit creation yeah. that is what gives you the success because the, yeah. the things that you set out to do, Tom, it's a 12-month bloody mm. endeavour. So if you're not constantly giving it the time it deserves for you to, to maintain, it's a lot there. It'll, over, it'll just overwhelm you. Yeah. And 
I'm just speaking obviously from what I've heard and and what I know about us is like people look at trainers like I'm just like obviously stereotyping a bit here um and then look at everyone go oh well it's easy for you because this is your lifestyle and this is what you do it's like it's not fucking easy for us like we just know we have to get it done and that's when the discipline um and the self-awareness that Tommy's talking about all that sort of stuff like comes into play like do you find every day of your life fun well yeah some days are grind yeah but I think what is common between the three of us and correct me if I'm wrong we've attached far more importance to doing it than not doing it mm. like mm. there's a thousand reasons not to do something but we've got two thousand reasons to do it yeah and it's that balance between the two that gives us that consistent action mm. and that's why we can show up every day and and have the credibility to tell people to train because we're training just yeah we're right there with them and just for context my life last year was great like it was still good like you know i'm having a baby like we found out that i got married i trained five days six days a week but i could be a lot better that's Mm. what we're kind of getting at like Mm. going from a seven and a half maybe to trying to get a bloody nine and a half you know ten that's what i'm trying to achieve and um do i need to do it no do i want to do it yeah i'm a better person when i do it so that's just for context out there. Like, you know, we're not just sleeping all day and doing nothing. Yeah. We're still active, very active. But yeah, for me personally, just need to, yeah, try to hit, always tr- trying to be better, better, better. And that, and that's a good point too. And a lot of the listeners, you probably have had those weeks where you're at best a six out of 10. <clears throat> They're useful weeks because it provides you the context and, and the comparative mm. point from which you then can see what a 10 entails. Mm. And then from there, like Tom was doing, reverse engineer what it takes to be living in that that 10 and then you've got your bloody recipe yeah sunshine isn't good without rain yeah and tom you're an example of someone that thrives on adversity mm. so sunshine too much sunshine is not good for you it makes you lazy i think like, like if your I, compliments yeah. you give me every day i fucking hate them man <laughs> I tom, do it tom makes, put in the makes thing me soft. like how many and compliments is james gonna give yeah, us but that's me <laughs> that's me throwing like adversity three. at you because uh, <laughs> that's what you need tom you need to, to dig then, yourself out of those compliments yeah. and then we give james adversity by walking in and go Hey, loser. He's like, what, yeah. what do you mean? Yeah, I know. Really, really. That's, that's Hunter actually. Hunter doesn't like you. Hunter. <laughs> Hunter's such a good legend. I hope you're listening, Hunter. Yeah. Uh, send it to him. Yeah. this week for no, sure. No, I, I have, like, in terms of my ability to deal with spice, um, last year was formidable. Uh, that's a good one. The, the yeah. sriracha in the drink. Um, <laughs> you're getting some calluses on that mind. <laughs> <laughs> We're building them up. Your best mates are building them for you. So true. Um, no, nah, I love that. I think, yeah, it's awesome. We all, like, learn. You can always, like, keep learning. Um, and then, yeah, we're always going to keep growing. But we've got some exciting things happening this year. Um, quickly, probably the biggest thing I learned is I need to start setting more boundaries. Super simple one for me is um, I think I'm very much – and it's just obviously a different business model, um, and I loved it at the time. But obviously, yeah, when you grow up, things change. You know, one day you have partner, family, whatever – um so my lesson is setting boundaries um for for ourselves so you know if you're if you're a mom listening to this and you've got like three kids you still need to set those boundaries of like go to the gym have your pt session with like james tom whoever your trainer is you know and give yourself that that boundary of you know half an hour me time um because you know your family can't run at 100 percent if if you aren't and like same with the dad you know if you just need 30 minutes to, to you know sit in the garage and do your thing you know and then go and see your family or whatever it is like just make sure you're all setting boundaries like, i think that was my biggest lesson Great. Um, but yeah all right so next one, i'm going to leave this question up to you guys because you guys are the experts in this field so um 
any must-do tips for nutrition? I thought this is down both your alleys. Obviously, James can answer a bit more. Um, and then, obviously, um, nutrition for building muscle and dropping body fat. I know you're both amazing at this, but, um, yeah, start us off, James. Sure. Um, I mean, the brass tax of it comes down to calorie balance. Um, calories is a unit of energy within the macronutrients of foods, so the fats, the carbs, the protein. Um if you're looking to build muscle, you need to repair the damage that you create to that muscle in the gym. To do that, you need energy. So you need to be fueling your body correctly. Uh, Protein is a very important macronutrient. Uh, it's found in animal products, meats, fish, eggs. Um, it's also quite prevalent in a lot of plant-based foods as well. Um, but you need to be considering um, just how much you're having total calories um, so if you're in a deficit meaning you're burning more each day than what you're eating your body has to break down body tissue in order to meet that calorie deficit and allow yourself to keep living so if you're training really hard your energy expenditure is really high that combined with your basal metabolic rate which is the energy that you're burning each day just remaining alive creates this huge energy um, expenditure from which you need to then meet or have more intake so let me rephrase that. You need to meet or, or eat more than your energy expenditure in order to have the energy to repair that muscle mass. And it's the repairing of the muscle mass that obviously allows it to grow and then increase um, your overall muscle mass and, and in, by extension, your strength. When it comes to fat loss, it's the reverse. So you want to be eating less than what you're burning through each day. Very, very simplistic. It's far more complicated than that on, uh, you know, biological level but the most important thing that comes down to fat loss is consistency um, the best diet in the world if it's adhered to for five weeks is no good to you so you need to be very honest with what your goal is what your timeline is what is um, what is realistic and what's maintainable um, if you're you know, if you're brand new to dieting and you just Google an article on you know, ketosis and then you, you realize that that means no carbs for the remainder of the year, I don't think you're adhering <coughs> to that. Um, but I think when it comes down to both of these things, nutrition is not alone. It's as important as the exercise you're doing with it and they should exist in a symbiotic relationship with one supporting the other. Finding enjoyment in that exercise too, um, I think... My experience with the clients that I've had, it's it's developing a mindset where they enjoy the exercise and the toil and the adversity and the recovery. All of these things create the sustainability for them to create that identity of I am an athlete, um, regardless of what their body composition is. And then from that standpoint, they've changed who they are. The nutrition and the exercise then becomes paramount to their life. And then that creates the long-term success that they're requiring. I didn't touch on one thing, and that was protein amount that should be hit when you're trying to gain muscle um, or, re or retain muscle when you're in a calorie deficit. Tom knows a lot about it. I'll let Tom do some talking. Go ahead, my man. Oh, yeah. I've, I'll, I'll quickly talk about that. I've got a good segue from that. Um, yeah, so males is two grams of um, protein per kilo of body weight, and then females is one and a half grams of um, protein per kilo of body weight. So if you're a 100 kilo male, you need 200 grams of protein per day. One misconception people stuff up a lot is um, that doesn't mean 100 grams of chicken. Inside a chicken, there might be 
protein, um, water, and fat. Um, so inside 100 grams, I don't know, it must, it's around 30, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, yep. yeah, so yep. 30 grams yeah. of protein, that's a big misconception. I was going to segue, I think well, <laughs> hopefully well, <laughs> from James. Is, um, James is obviously more qualified than me in this subject, but what he just talked about, I feel like, was the house, the frame, all the stuff you need. I'm going to tell you how to create the house. So, And you can chime in if I get anything wrong, but to my knowledge... Um, the stuff you can be doing every day, taking, um, supplementing, whatever you want to do. But if depending on your um, uh, your sport, some basic building blocks I would recommend would be a high dose of a dosage of vitamin C, whether that's in a tablet, um, whether that's in powder, whether that's through your veggies, your, your fruit. Um, if you're doing endurance um, or even weights, you need a high dosage of salt as well, sodium. Um, you would probably recommend like Himalayan rock salt and stuff like that to get your salts. Oh, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. brilliant sauce. Um, in terms of um, some really, oh, obviously your protein and, and your whole foods, but uh, in terms of a little bit of like bells and whistle type stuff, they've done, you would know this doing CrossFit. Do you know about the beetroot? Yeah. And, oh, yeah. I tell yeah. my athletes about beetroot all Yeah, the time. so if yeah. you, if um, Andrew Huberman's done a lot of studies on it, um, if you don't know who he is, go watch him or listen to him. He's a freak. Yeah. And, um, neuroscientist he he talks about there's a lot of studies done on beetroot and performing performance the day after it in in uh, increasing cardiovascular endurance um so they reckon be, uh, beetroot juice or beet juice they call it is the best way to digest it um the day before and that'll include increase your um cardiovascular output but yeah when you when you're pushing something that i've learned along the years is if you're pushing your body to these extremes whether it's you know, whether it's extreme as in 10-hour workday, kids screaming and weights, that's extreme in my opinion, um, sleep deprivation, um, three sessions a day, whatever it may be, super endurance, you need to definitely be keeping the nutrition like on point and also usually supplementing with, yeah, your vitamin C, your greens powder if you don't get enough in, sometimes magnesium, salts. Um, in winter, vitamin D. Yeah, vitamin like D in winter yeah. helps with um, neuropinephrine and, and depression type stuff as well. Uh, but yeah, just th- those, I thought you created the structure of the house well. And then there's some little things they could do day to day to avoid um, rundown, breakdown, injuries, yeah. and to increase performance as well. But mm-hmm. what are your thoughts? On all that, Tom, it's, they're great points. Um, and they all come together to create recovery. Like that mm-hmm. is the goal of nutrition is to provide the body with the building blocks it needs to replenish and then to function optimally. Um, nutrition is just one aspect of recovery, um, and it's very critical. But like, a, like Tom said, there's, there's supplements, um, and there's macronutrients, and there's total energy intake, and there's all these different aspects that can become quite overwhelming. Um, and the, seemingly the further you burrow into it as a topic, the more confusing it can become. Mm. Um, basic tenets to live by that allow you to become very consistent is to look at your plate and go, right, have I got a protein source? I do, check. Have I got a carbohydrate source? Carbohydrates are your energy, things like rice, potatoes. Um, There's a myriad, you Google it, there's a thousand different carbohydrates, all with different glycemic index, but just typically if you're getting carbs on your plate, that's good. Are you getting your vegetables, the the fiber, um, the vitamins, the minerals, all of these things, um, are you getting your fat? Fat's a really interesting topic because there's, you know, 
monosaturated, there's polyunsaturated, there's saturated, there's trans fats. It's a very complicated thing. If you're just dumbing it down for yourself and go, right, have I used extra virgin olive oil? Great, that's a really good source. Um, rather than something like a trans fat, which is really the only undisputed fat that is really poorly for your body. Um, so um, keeping in mind all of these things, balancing the plates that you've got, all those macronutrients plus the vegetables and the, and the vitamins, do that consistently, your body's going to thank you for it um, and you don't need to overcomplicate it. Definitely. And just one thing <clears throat> I try to do as well, and it's no diet, it's no subject, it's no any heading or anything, but the less processed, the better as a general rule. So you can get whole foods, you can get... You know, meat you can see in the farm uh, on the south coast. If you can get, you know, free-range eggs, if you can get veggies from the garden or from, from your local place, so much better than packaged food that has 20 words you can't pronounce in it, yeah. as a general rule. Absolutely. Really, really good. Yeah, rule. I yeah. always say to, to my kids, I go, if it comes in a packet or a can, it's not the best for you. How can you find that out of a packet or out of a can? And it's that little light bulb moment going, oh, that's pretty simple. Like, this is in a can, let's not eat it. Like... Stuff reduce, like that. Yeah. reduce those stuff because um, it's inevitable but reducing yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, sure. and based on that too be really clear about what your goal is is it fat loss is it muscle mass mm. is it performance if yeah. you're a performing yeah. athlete is it is it longevity yeah. yeah all of these things require a certain Different. approach yeah um and probably something that i think is really critical is is not attaching your identity to your diet because mm. when you get really really immersed in your diet you can become so attached to it that you put the blinders on to um, new scientific evidence, new viewpoints, or, or just anything in general that um, makes you close-minded. Yeah. I just want to say something, Dan. It's like the vegans, bloody vegans. That was the first thing. Hi, my name's Maddie and I'm a vegan. <laughs> well, what happens? But like, that's the example that James is getting at. Like, don't be that person. Well, just I love vegans. Of- like, if you're a vegan listening to this, love you, but... And it's not necessarily a bad thing to be vegan. Vegan, if done correctly, is an incredibly healthy diet. It's based on plants. It's got, if done correctly, you're getting your protein, you're getting your fats, you're getting getting carbs, you're getting everything you need. Um, And and yeah, so I am not shaming any diet. I just want it to be. Just he's so nice. <laughs> no, because it's true. Like guys, and you I both agree with me. You've got to try it. You've got to try it and sure. see how it works yeah. on your body. Well, I yeah. was vegan for two years. Um, I haven't I brought that up. And you probably told us a million times. Yeah, and he tells me you're a crossfitter every day. I am a crossfitter, guys. Um, yeah, I think I'm like and a vegan. Half the listeners just tuned in. Stay with us, guys. Maddie, next question. Has he got Burks on? Then he's like the whole round of things. I did look at them online. They're so expensive. They are very expensive. I do have Do you actually? Yeah, I got it. And the wad life backpack. Yeah. I wear, yeah. Well, guys, weight vest. You got all the stereotypes. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, I wanted to just touch on there because it was super cool to just witness that just then, yeah. Um, and I don't know if you noticed it, Tommy, but holy shit, when someone is just passionate about what they do and freaking know their shit, that was just you just then, James. Like, you just went a whole nother level and I was like, I was loving it. I love pe- oh. bouncing off people's energy when they're just, like, talking about what they love but what they're freaking good at. Like, that was you just then, to Oh, it's, it's, oh, God, yeah. And, and to touch on a point that we had before about, like, morning principles and all that kind of thing, what I've got written on my, um, on my bathroom window, or not window, sorry, mirror, is what are you going to do today that's going to light your soul on fire? Mm. So I wake up and I ask that question myself every morning and it puts you in a mindset of 
Well, what am I going to do today? Because you don't want to be waking up every day. Mm. Don't you you smirk at me, Tom. (laughs) Say it. it. (laughs) This was inspired by Tom because Tom and I had a chat earlier last week. Wait, so is this on your bathroom mirror? Yeah, in lipstick. Red lipstick. lipstick. (laughs) (laughs) Mine definitely doesn't say that. But I love that we – do you have something on your bathroom mirror? Oh, good it's only yeah, it's only a very recent addition to my life, yeah. Um, yeah. but I find it helps me cognitively go through that process of answering that question, and it yeah. can take two seconds. Like for me, my job does that for me now. Training in the morning does that for me now, um, and we'll touch on it later. But <coughs> training people and, and bringing that that aspect of their identity out yeah. is very fulfilling for yours me. is heaps better than mine mine just says winner on my bathroom mirror and i just walk past and go fucking over well, well i'm in your garage right now looking at i think uh, conservatively 600 bloody trophies so it's worked well for you maddie it did back in the day the probably last one's probably dated 2019 <laughs> <laughs> it's 2023 but anyways uh that's another compliment tom we're up to like five now yeah. anyways um no nah, i love digits. it so hopefully people got some info did you want to add anything else to that we're good all right, next question. Um, <clears throat> what is your favourite part about being a coach in fitness? I thought it was a pretty pretty good one um, because sometimes I feel like people think it's just because you get to be fit every day and go to a cafe and have coffee with your mates and, you know, be fit and healthy and that's, that's your lifestyle. Um, but my favourite part about being a coach is the fact that, you know, you get to help thousands of people over your lifetime, like change their life and – my favourite part is not actually like seeing them succeed in like winning trophies, um, you know, achieving like big goals like that. My favourite part is when I get a, like a little text message or a, a photo of them just doing what they're good at and just like loving life, you know, and just saying like, hey, Mads, I did this today. I'm super proud of myself. I achieved one little thing or two little things or I got a photo with their new motorbike or their new whiteboard or whatever. Like that's my favourite part is because like they're frothing out and they're just loving life and they want to share it with you out of anyone else in the world. And you help them bring that part. out. Yeah, I think that's my favourite part. Yeah. Um, but what about you guys? Go ahead, Tom. Um, mine would be, if I had to say a sentence, would be oh, maybe two sentences. One would be making people realise that they are amazing and they can do better and B, um, getting the best out of everyone to maximise their life. So, and then who do I like, like, why does it excite me and who do I like to train the most would be kind of like, I don't care who it is and what their goal is. I just love people that have a goal, come in, put the effort in and achieve whatever they want in life, whether that's happiness, whether that's um, to be stronger mentally, whether that's to lose weight, whether that's to win a comp in footy or whatever it may be. I just like seeing people struggle go through the grind, put in the work when it fucking sucks and no one else wants to do it, and then they get all those rewards at the end. Yeah. They No one can take that away from them. It's their achievement. They usually cry uh, and they deserve it. Uh, that's my favourite part, when people do that stuff. Do the hard shit. And yeah. it doesn't not – I do not give any yeah. fucks about what that goal is, whether that, that could be just being seeing a sunrise. You know what I mean? It could be – to do something they've never done before it's just whatever it is i I don't care it's just like seeing the optimi optimization of humans i think yeah and i agree with tom um on that that year that i've just had of one-on-one coaching with clients and seeing the progression 
in a lot of them from not enjoying the gym to it being a tangible part of their identity to the point where it's not a question anymore. It's an automatic, this is an aspect of my day. It's not just a tick off. I come in, I embody the aspect of my identity that is a bad motherfucker. Mm. And Sam. Sam. Mm. I've got this client, yeah. Sam. He's who, a legend. This is what I was thinking of when you said that. Yeah. yeah. I was having this chat with him the other day. So we, we do these Friday 3 p.m. boxing sessions. Um, Tom's How actually, did that last one go for you? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. We've bought headgear now because he's got such a wicked left hook that I'm just getting more and more worried about my brain cells. But, I should uh, post the link with you and Tom in the ring. Oh, yeah. Tom <laughs> came one day. And, uh, yeah, we thought we were getting good. And then Tom arrived and uh, we went back to the drawing board. Eddie humbled you. <laughs> <laughs> so you need these friends in your life to humble you. Oh, and that's a, that's a great question for next. Um, who humbles the shit out of you? Um, Tom. Tom, yeah. But battle, on that point, though, that, that change in who you are as an identity, because Sam came to me, um, 145 kilos, uh, the nicest bloke from day a dot, like that his heart is made of gold. And he came to me wanting to change. He had that leverage on himself that this was, this was the moment for him to change, but he still had belief systems in him that were questioning whether he could. And in the process of 12 months of consistency turning up even when you're sore just ticking a box some days and other days absolutely sending it to the moon he has reshaped who he thinks he is and i think we all have that power at any point to click into an alter ego and then embody that alter ego so that alter ego is as real to you as any other aspect of you and from that you can then perform you can you can, you know, your, your behavior is dictated from this core belief. Yeah. Seeing that change and help, helping that come to the fruition is, is probably the aspect of coaching that I find most rewarding. Yeah, for sure. That's super cool. I love Sam too. He's an absolute, mm. he is what you said. I'm a fucker now. Like, he's, he's a he's bad motherfucker. Sick. Yeah. I love yeah. Him. He's a, he's a yeah, good boy. Cool. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I, and I like that. Like, we were a little bit different. We were all coaches, but somewhat they were all similar. It's just about people just being the best, like what Tom said, best version and achieving things that they want to achieve. Like, mm. that's our favourite part. At the core, we all just want to help people. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's why it. we that's became, at the very core. You know, because people feel like – and there, there is trainers out there, obviously, that just wanted to be trainers because they have good genetics and they're like, well, this is what I look like. I look good so I can sell a program because, you know – I have a six pack and stuff like that. But then there's a genuine trainers, which I believe all three of us are, where we're actually here to to help people and we're not actually worried about what we look like. You know, obviously to an extent we do because we want to be nice and fit and healthy for our own selves, but it's not based on looks. Um, I love it. All right, so the next question, um, I'm going to give a quick little bit of context because I think it would be good for people to understand where this one came from. Um, I actually got a question from someone on the Instagram um, and they obviously were probably trying to stir the pot. I actually don't know who it was, um, just a random follower going, who out of all three of you like works the hardest, you know? And then it made me start thinking, you know, people always think some, like everything's a competition. Everyone starts comparing things. Everyone's got to be better at someone than something, but it doesn't have to be like that. And we're really lucky and grateful. I'm very grateful that none of us uh, think like that or think we need to better each other or prove to ourselves that we're better than someone else. Um, so the question that I wanted to ask instead is like, do you actually see each other as competition since you're all personal trainers? Um, obviously, I'd say no, and um, I'm obviously assuming that you guys would say no too. But 
I want to talk more about like um, why don't we see each other as competition because really at the end of the day we're all personal trainers um, trying to make you know money to live um, and then what's your thoughts on like comparing and maybe how to not compare yourself to like how do you not compare yourself to other people or things yeah right um three thoughts that came into my mind instantly one you can build the tallest tower without tearing other people's down so i don't um respectfully care what you guys are doing in terms of i want the best for you yeah but i don't really care i'm got like my own stuff going on b you two of my best mates so i feel like everything i ever learn i pass on and try help you guys like you guys do for me um so that's just a like an obvious one mates don't do that and then the third one is we're not even in the same really field or industry you know james is more like powerlifting gymnastics uh you're great boxer now too but um and then mads is motocross and soccer and stuff and then i'm business and, and footy and surfing and like you know what i mean so there's three great reasons why we don't compare. And what was the last part of that question? Like, so I kind oh, of how try do to you yeah, not generalize compare? it. Yeah, because like people, yeah. I feel like, can compare themselves to, you know, each yeah. other all the time. Even if you don't think you are, you're subconsciously yeah. somewhat comparing yourself. So, so you've got two parts of your brain. You've got the part that you make instant decisions and you cannot help that. Obviously, in psychologists, you can't help that. But what you do after the fact, how you process that, then you can. So I'll give you an example. Say, I don't know, James is walking down the street. He's wearing lipstick and a wig and a dress. I instantly go, that's weird. What's he doing? Because I can't help that part of my brain because he doesn't normally wear that. But then after I go, all right, Tom, shut up. It's his decision to do that. Leave him alone, blah, 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 right? That's the part you can compartmentalize and actually think about. So what I'm getting at with that is when you do go on Instagram, Facebook, I'm sure everyone here has that. I, like every other human, will at times, I'm pretty good at it, at times go, fire out, they're killing it. They're living the dream. They're in Bora Bora, blah, blah, blah. Then I go, wait up, Tom. You don't know what they're doing in their private life. You don't know if they're happy. You don't know if they got, I don't know, paid to do that. You don't. You know what I mean? So then, then that part of my brain goes, oh, I actually don't care. But that takes, I feel like, I don't know if that's come from the books I've read, but that takes discipline. A lot of people listening that are young and that, it just comes over time. Um, remember Instagram is a highlight reel. No one's going to post an ugly photo, nor should they. Like it's not, yeah. I'm not saying you should. Obviously you want to post your, your happy moments, right? But you've got to remember they're highlights and they're, they're people's happy moments. So I don't compare because I have zero idea what's going on in people's lives, yeah. private lives, personal lives. And like I said before, I've got enough shit going on. I'm trying to make myself better. I don't have time to compare and and, and it's a zero-sum game. Yeah. What is what is comparing going to do? It's not going to help me in any way. Yeah, yeah. It's just gonna, probably going to make you sad down a bloody rabbit hole. So. Yeah, and I just want to quickly go off that while we're on the topic, saying that um, Tom – I literally just thought of it then um, – something that I heard Tom say a few years ago um, and it's probably great for this situation, but it was in a different situation. Um, like if something someone says something about you, um, you're getting bullied, you know, stuff like that. Um, a quick question that you, you taught us is like you just ask yourself – is it true? So if you're comparing yourself to someone, like, well, is it true? And if it is, like, well, uh, how can we work on that? Obviously, it's bothering you in a way. But then it's like if you're comparing some something to someone else and you go, is it true? And it's like, oh, it's actually not true. I'm just making shit up. Then it's like, well, let's disregard it and then let's put our energy. Like you said, you got enough things going on. Can we put our energy into something else? Yeah, that's a great one. I thought you were going to say something else that I said was, um, which I just reminded me about. This is the best one I've talked to you a lot about, James. It's a book called um, – the 
Courage to be disliked was yeah, that one? Yeah. That one. Um, but in that, and it's so good, it talks about if someone has a problem with you, oh, it's a bit off topic, but it's kind of what you were saying, um, it's their problem. It's not your problem. Mm. You're just mm. living your life. Mm. If I want to wear a pink shirt, I'll wear a pink shirt. If that offends someone else, that's their problem. Yeah. I want to do that. If I want to work 50 hours a week, I want to 30 hours a week, I want to work 100 hours, they're all my decisions. If people have a problem with that, that's probably their insecurities going, um, like, what do you call it? projected onto you yep. of what they're thinking about themselves. Mm-hmm. So just on that, yeah, if people have a problem with you, as long as you're not hurting and being d- disrespectful and, and d- directly being mean to someone, uh, that's mm-hmm. a bit different. But if they don't like you because you have tattoos, because you, I don't know, if you wear a certain shirt, because you, like, that's their problem. Yeah. yeah. It's not yours. Definitely. It's a great book. I highly suggest anyone listening, go get that one. And it's, yeah, I remember Tom, we having this discussion late last year. It's interesting when you think about it because the comparison game, when you break it down, you're not only saying that person's better than you, you're looking at other people and going, I'm better than them. So it puts you on this continuum where you're constantly fighting for your place and your behavior then becomes dictated by trying to elevate yourself up that ladder. So your behavior is no longer something core to you, but playing the game that is what's going on in society. So when you can remove yourself from that battle, um, and stop worrying about what my behavior will do in terms of how it leads to my external view. You're able to better tap into who you actually are and then let your behavior stem from that. Um, it's a really tough thing to do when you're young. When you're young, you're very subject to external validation. I know I was. I was incredibly insecure growing up. Um, I, I projected a sense of security and, and confidence. But deep down, it was it was an act, and and there's nothing wrong with that necessarily, because you know, fake it till you make it, all those all those different things that allow you to continue to operate. You know, we all have these coping mechanisms. But if I think if if I read that book earlier in life, or if if I had that viewpoint that I need to distance myself from what other people think of me and actually just go, what do I think of me? Am I proud of me? And if my behaviour is then dovetailing with that belief that this is good. I think you grow faster, you grow self-confidence, and then you become bulletproof in a sense. Um, so all those listening, if you're finding yourself anxious, um, ask yourself why. And I bet you it's because you're seeing yourself less than. Yeah. And it takes looking at that thing that is your less than and giving that worth to create that anxiety. So remove yourself from that, distance yourself. And, and that voice in your head that's constantly saying your shit, that's not you. That's like this scratching record that's just turning around. Pull yourself back from that and look at it from a third-person standpoint and, and, and analyze it and go, why am I saying that? Or why is that voice saying that? Because it's not you. Mm-hmm. And, just, and just that by itself is sometimes enough to disrupt that record, scratch it so it can't keep playing itself. Um, and then from there... Let your behave. Yeah. yeah, just sort of, yeah. Yeah, I think like one thing um, that I just thought of like while you're talking about that is like the kind of whole, if you look at this podcast so far as a whole, it's all about working on yourself to find the best version of you to then create that confidence so then you don't even have to compare in the first place. Like you know who you are, you're confident to back 
who you are and you don't give a shit about what anyone else thinks or says, you know. And it's just that whole coming back to like, are you working on yourself enough? How can you work on yourself more? It's not a bad thing to work on yourself. Like, you know, put invest heaps of money into, you know, how you feel, how you look, you, you know, all those things, whatever the fuck you want to do, like do it. Um, that's kind of, yeah, where what I got off that. And one, one more layer to that as well is if you do believe some of the stuff people are saying or you are have negative self-talk, analyse it, maybe you have a tough convo with yourself mm-hmm. because you do find some truth to it and be better. Yeah. yeah. Work on yourself. Honestly, like, yeah, like I've had times where I'm like, you're full of shit. You haven't done mm-hmm. anything hard for two years. Like, yeah. be better. So then going back to 2022, like be a lot better that's that's mm. me being honest with myself it's fucking uncomfortable but mm. but that's what you, sometimes you yeah. f- you find truth and it helps you sleep at night and i think we're, we're all good at that like we have the you know and f- for my athletes like listening and everything like i always say like that positive self-talk but sometimes i literally say fuck you're being a lazy bitch right now like sort mm. your shit you know and it's just that what you're saying that realistic mm. talk like i feel like all three of us do that um, so it's good for people to to know that that's actually what we do it's just plain and simple like work harder do more you're getting off topic and cultivate a circle around yourself of people that are honest with you because just because someone's got a viewpoint on you doesn't make it wrong um if that person is in your inner circle and they and they are they have the best interest out there for you um like you the two of you right now if you were to give me a tough conversation i'd absorb it um so so, so yeah don't just i guess block everything out because some people are there to help you along the way Mm. coaches uh, family um, good, yeah. good friends. If you believe they have your best interests at heart. Yeah, if it, if it all comes back to that. And then, yeah, absorb what you need to absorb. Yeah. As I can't remember where the quote's from. I'm going to have to find it. But I think it's in like, Think Like a Monk by Jay Shetty. And it's like, um, just because they raise their voice doesn't mean they're right. And like, just because you're angry doesn't mean you're right or something. Like, there was something along those lines. I have to find it. But that's another good book to read. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like, just because there's certain things, like, doesn't mean you're right or wrong, like what you're mm-hmm. saying ever. Um, but yeah. Oh, I like that one. Um, but moral of the story, just work on yourself and um, get better and you won't care as much about what other people think. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, last question to wrap up this epic podcast. Um, when you guys are struggling, how do you stay focused on your goals uh, and how do you stay dedicated dedicated to like the gym and, and hitting and achieving your goals like when you don't want to? Um, yeah. Do you want me to go first? <laughs> Have you not thought of one? Uh, two what minutes, do two I more do? minutes. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Monologue for two more minutes for me, uh, Can you give me? Can you read it one more time? I listened, but I've got no. I've got a few no, no, things that no. are like weird, but I'm going to say them anyway. You go. go yeah. Ahead. So just like so, pretty much like. We all have our uh, coping mechanisms almost. So, like, when we're struggling, you know, when we don't want to get up in the middle of winter at 4 a.m. Mm-hmm. to run, like, mm-hmm. we don't want to do X, Y, Z, whatever it is, how do we stay focused on our goals and how do we stay dedicated, like, to the gym and, like, hitting our goals? Right, three things instantly before I forget them. One is I don't. We don't always nail it. We're not perfect. I stuff up all the time. I think I nail it more than I stuff up. So my stuff-ups might not be that crazy. But the answer is no, I don't always nail it. B, um, how would I do it? So I try to – so there's a good study. The tighter you are, the worse your decisions will be. So if you're tired, you might reach for a beer. You might reach for sleeping – well, not reach for – you might sleep in. Like the, the, whatever your vice is, you might sw- reach for chocolate – the tighter you are, the um, harder it is. So I am aware that when I'm tired to make those decisions 
um, to be aware of that so that I'll know that I will be more likely to stuff up. Um, two, I try to think of how I'll feel after that decision. So if that's don't eat chocolate and I eat chocolate, well, you're going to feel like shit after. So that's another one. And the one that I said was real weird and, you know, we just talked about don't compare and that. And it's not a comparison. It's more of a motivation thing, which is a weird topic because motivation, you know, comes and goes and we need discipline. But when you feel good and everything's going good, you don't need motivation. This is personal belief. I don't know what you guys stand on this, but when you're feeling tired, don't want to do it, um, I look to people that have mad Instagram accounts and I just watch a, a hype reel. Like I know you you listen to um, what's Eric Thomas as well, like yep. stuff like that. And um, for example, this year I'm doing zero alcohol for the whole year, right? So Sonny Bill Williams is someone that I think is a, the GOAT. Like he's a footy, he's boxing, he's um, union, he he doesn't drink, he's a lovely person, blah, blah, blah. So so I might just jump on his page when I feel like a beer and go, no, nah, I, I, I want to be like him a bit more, you know. It's not comparing, it's, it's using it as little bursts of motivation. Or um, there's a lot of people getting on that train now, so I might look at a guy in um, – overseas that that's i don't know whatever goal it will be training and i'll be like i don't want to train and then i see like billy meeks or quade cooper doing some mad leg workout and i'm like or like i send you all the time ads like odell beckham and then i'll go all right that's all i needed i just need that little hit that looks cool i'm going to put on my favorite shoes my favorite clothes and i'm going to get hit legs to most people that might sound so dumb but for me when i'm at my when i don't want to do something and whatever i just need sometimes little pockets of motivation uh, when I don't want to run, I'll watch Goggins and I'll watch um, people doing mad run and I'll buy myself new shoes sometimes. That's at the extreme case. But I'll mainly just watch like a mad video and then I'm keen to run. So I think, uh, again, talking to psychologists, if she always said if it serves you, that's fine, even if it's negative. So I could be trying to prove someone wrong. I could be trying to think that I'm a loser and I want to get better. I wouldn't say that to another person, but to me, that can fuel me for short pockets again. So whatever serves you, it can work with that. But that's how I stay on track. So to yeah. summarise, one, I don't always. Two, I can't remember what I said. And three, <laughs> um, to, to just yeah, just find little vibey Instagram yeah, videos of what thing. you're trying to achieve and the person that you want to be. Yeah. It, that, that, that really works really well for me. Yeah. And, that's, and that's role modelling, which is different to... Um, the comparison game you're blueprinting something that's already been achieved the, the world's been ticking for a long time everything's been done mm. the maps are there you utilize them there's a thousand people out there that we can look to and go wow that person's really achieved some astronomical stuff for a human being yeah you can fuel yourself with that um yeah good points for me uh i always have to go why am i tired lethargic sore am i why am i down in the dumps for me it's 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 kind of like looking at a race car in, in a weird way, not to be egotistical, but it's probably a Maserati. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on a Civic. Yeah, but it's got body kit, so it's like pretty quick. It's like one of those. Spoiler, right? <laughs> it's a wing, Tom. It's not a spoiler, it's a wing. Uh, no, I kind of just go, why am I feeling like this? And for me, I, I go back to the, the pyramid of, of recovery and like, did I sleep well? Um, if I sleep poorly, if I've loaded myself up with too many clients and too many big work weeks and then trying to throw into that too many high intensity CrossFit workouts um, and uh, getting some looks, getting some looks, uh, <laughs> I can basically work out why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling. Um, and with that then under- understanding, I can then adjust um, because um, 
yes, there's huge merit in pulling yourself off the couch and getting to the gym and ripping in if you're just being weak mentally. But if your burning the candle is way more intense than your recovery, then you need to focus on that recovery. You need to go sit in that sauna. You need to utilize the ice bath. You need to do things like that to get yourself back up to speed. Um, that's one of the things I'm doing this year. I'm really prioritizing my recovery. And even two weeks in, I feel a million times better. Yeah. So um, that would be my quick little analyze of when I'm down in the dumps. Um, look at the recovery. But the other one too is what kind of training are you doing? Because if you're constantly pulling yourself to the gym and you hate the gym, there's a million ways Please to skin a cat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, go outside. Go outside. Yeah. yeah. Like, because I mean, everyone's got their, their talents. Yeah. Like, man, I bet you just go in and kick a, a football. Like at times, just oh yeah. Gets if you ask me to fight. run like thirteen yeah. k's, I'll be like, screw that. But then you put me on a football field for like, um, you know, two hours, and I have a GPS tracker on, it and it says I've just run thirteen k's. Doesn't even feel like it because yeah. I'm doing what I love. So I love that you've brought that up. Yeah, sorry, that's a great point, James. I um do this with my clients all the time. This is a basic level, so you know we just we're everything in life is polar opposites. So we've just talked about discipline, discipline, discipline. Also, do the opposite because it's some form of discipline but it's not and it's going to get you to the end goal so what i mean by that is if you go to the gym and you hate it hate it hate it like you just said go for a swim that day so some days i'll be like no you've got to do it no matter what but some days like mads knows this i'll be like no today i really don't want to do it but i want to go surfing it's cardio i'm swimming it makes me happy salt water sun that's great the next so i'll tell my clients you don't want to do it go kick your footy with your son yeah. go for a bike ride they're all exercising we're all burning calories and that day might just free up that mind enough to go you know what i want to go to the gym tomorrow or i want to swim laps tomorrow or i want to run the that day yeah. that day might actually do more damage arguable but it could have debates both ways that, that could do more damage to you mentally and make you hate the next day versus not having a day off, but going and doing your favourite type of cardio oh, or yeah. weights. Yeah. That's a great point, James. Yeah, I love and it, yeah. Even on that point too, then the devil's advocate for that, like there is huge um, benefit to building a mental callus. So when you don't want to do something, do it. Mm. Because it's at those times that you're building yourself some mental resilience. I agree. That is so important. Tommy and I are a bit the same, and Matty, you as well, yeah. as people that enjoy the grind – the feeling of accomplishing something after not wanting to do it is like 10 so times as good yeah. as doing something when you're feeling good. So do either. So do <laughs> yeah, either, guys. People are going to do anything. Just don't sit down and just move. move and do yeah, something. Yeah, move. Your body's yeah. a tool. I mean, I mean, the thing that I always come back to is we get one go at this life. Our body is our tool for experiencing every single aspect of that life. Mm. Treat it with some love. Treat it with some tough love as well. Yeah, I, that would be my thing is like um, very much similar to both of you. It's just like, yeah, when you don't want to do something, it's like when you do it. So when I feel like shit or feeling run down and stuff like that, I'm like, all right, what are the hard things? Like, what are you saying? Like, go do your yeah um, leg day, you know, and lift heavy, then go do an ice bath and then go for a run and then, you know, do do all that hard shit. Like that is literally what fires me back up because it, what we were saying before, it instills that confidence to go, fuck yeah, I can do shit. So then it motivates you to go, I'm going to do it the next day. I'm going to do it the next day. Um, But then like, again, it's like I had this yesterday. So yes, I had heaps of admin work to do and I just didn't want to do it. I didn't want to come home. I was like, nah. And then I had like this 
urge or pull to go go where you used to like love which was like North Wollongong the beach there and I went there instead with my laptop and I busted out so much more work because I listened to to what Tommy was saying it's like I stayed outside instead of coming home into like a cold house or garage or whatever I was like where makes me happy and I just did the work there so I was like what can you how can you put that into your life because you know you've got those things that fuck you got to get them done you know you have to get admin shit done but I got it done quicker probably at the beach in an hour than if I came home and procrastinated and got up every 20 minutes and just didn't want to do it. So, yeah, listening to, to what your body's saying like and what James is saying with the recovery and stuff too and being more self-aware and then, yeah, but also just like some days you've just got to toughen up and just get shit done. Yeah. Well said. Yeah, I love it. All right, so we're going to wrap up the podcast. This is my favourite question to finish the podcast and neither of you are aware of it because I like throwing it on people. If you could give one bit of advice, I know you gave loads of advice today, but one thing that, you know, is the last thing that you had to give to someone, um, what would be the one bit of advice you would give? I just wanted to mess with his head. Um, <laughs> well, I was ready to go. So it's way up? Yeah. Do you want to go? No, you go. Okay. <laughs> no, he was already. He's full he of shit. Um, no, so the best piece of advice I could give you guys, not a quote, um, a self-lived thing is – about four years ago, I did all these hard things, like a thousand cows on the assault bike, did these long challenges, ice baths, I swam in the ocean every day during winter. And I always said on the other side of pain was happiness for me. I always said it. And I, and I found out about Dr. Rhonda Patrick and neuropinephrine releasing the brain and how that helps with depression and all these things. But, and then, but then I kind of, it kind of went away and I just knew that on the other side of pain, I'm talking about like um, physical exertion, things you don't want to do, things that are really hard to the point of nearly crying, um, mentally just so fatigued, um, and then achieving them. I always found I was happiest. So recently, Andrew Huberman has come out and proved that to be correct um, and that there's a lot of studies to show that, um, that on the other side of pain, he, he actually quoted that quote that I was saying four years ago, that on the other side of pain is happiness and through uh, cortisol release and neuropinephrine. So I would just say that, you don't have to do anything what we're saying, but if you are looking for that edge, you are looking to really be proud of yourself. That's a big one that I don't give myself very often at all that I'm actually proud of myself is um, to go try something very hard. You do not want to do it. It could be heights, could be um, not having alcohol, it could be running a marathon. It could be a thousand pull-ups. It could be a thousand burpees. It could be whatever you, whatever you find mentally tough. It doesn't have to be what other people find tough. I can promise you, if you complete it, you'll be so proud of yourself and you'll have pure happiness, not fake happiness. Yeah. I love Tom, it. That's so, that resonates with me a lot. Um, my advice is back yourself. I think every, everything in life comes down to believing in yourself and your experience of life will be tenfold if you approach things even when you're scared, even when you think you're going to fail, give yourself, put, put the air under your bloody wings and, and march into things with your shoulders back. Use your body, embody the successful person that's in you and use that, especially in the tough times, and you'll be surprised how often you succeed. And when you don't succeed, be proud that you went in there anyway. I think inaction is the most paralyzing thing to a lot of people. And it builds. If you don't do something, it gets easier to say no. Mm-hmm. So you need to grit your teeth, especially early on when it's the most scary thing. And it's amazing how quickly your um, 
your boundaries become yeah. with the goal of eventually having no thing, nothing in life represent a boundary. Mm. It begins with belief in yourself and saying yes. Love it, Kel. And I'm going to finish the podcast off with a quote um, that I heard the other day and I, I love it and it's going to be probably something like pretty common that I'm going to say to people now. Um, if you want to change like your reality, you need to change your mentality. Like so simple and I freaking love it. I read that last night. Yeah. It must be a new quote that's coming out. Is it in Seven Habits of Highly Effective People? No, it was no? in um, oh. a little eight-minute motivation thing on Spotify. It's weird, though. Yeah, that's just I never heard up, it hey? until I read it last night. Yeah, it's a good one. I love it. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. yeah, if you want to change your reality, you have to change your mentality. I was like, that's gold. James, where can all the women find you? <laughs> oh, I take you there. <laughs> on Tinder. No, he's... <laughs> James, JB Nutrition? Oh. Is it true you're going on Farm Wants a Wife? Oh. No, he's going on maths. Uh, <laughs> maths? <laughs> yeah, look at James, everyone, it's been wonderful talking to you all. Uh, let's go get fit. Yeah. Yes. See you, bye. Uh, thank you. Let's work. Let's work.